0: Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio. This is Jim Ventura. I can see him a few seconds into the show and I haven't even started. It's uh, so nice outside here in Phoenix. It's like 75 degrees and it was actually... (laughs) Standing outside, and suddenly it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, I think my show started. Anyway, so uh, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. My apologies for my moments of tardiness. Anyway, this is uh, Jim Ventura. If it's your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, uh, I do the show every Thursday, more or less, and uh, usually for about 45 minutes. Uh, we got a couple different formats on each of the shows. Today's show is my column read. I write a monthly column uh, on the internet called Snake Oil. Uh, you can find it on Google. Uh, also, you can just subscribe to it directly by uh, emailing me at at yahoo.com or VenturaWords at mac.com, and I'll add you to the monthly uh, newsletter mailing list. It is free. And uh, so, uh, first of the month, I always like to read the column, and then, you know, that's kind of our primary discussion for the show. I will open the phone lines a little bit later on. Uh, I always like to hear input uh from from my listeners. Uh if you're in the chat room, uh feel free to say hello and comment there as well too. Uh it'll be a a little bit um before I actually get to uh, the phone lines though. Uh, I kind of want to stay on topic for a bit, but we will get to that today. Uh, a little quick background about me, again, if it's your first time kind of catching the show, I'm an author, a uh, writer, I'm actually in the process of publishing my second book, Snake Oil Volume 1. I published my first book a couple of years back called Dirty Little Secrets, uh, both of those are available on Amazon or can be uh, directly ordered from me. And uh, I do, I uh, teach classes um, on astrology and numerology and tarot and animal cards, and of course do personal consultations, navigational consultations with people uh, for uh, both uh, here in my home office in Phoenix as well as by phone. And again, you can get any information about that on the website if you're looking to uh, book an appointment or find out a little bit more about that. You can go check that out. All that info is here on the Blog Talk site. Okay, so that said, again, that's a little bit about me. Uh, I've got quite a few things I actually want to talk about today because we've kind of uh, launched into the new year. So uh, so that is exciting, of course, also. But I think I'm to start by reading my uh, current column. I'm going to read this on air, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about it, and we'll get into some other subjects and uh, see what uh, everybody thinks, uh, if anybody's got any questions, comments. So welcome, everybody. Uh, I see a couple of people hopping into the chat room. Hello, Barb uh, Heinemann. Always good to see you. Uh, you're, I know. I think you're, you're coming to visit here uh, in a couple of weeks to lovely Phoenix Scottsdale, if I recall from your Facebook. And uh, I'm, I'm I hope the weather stays where it's at right now because it's freaking gorgeous out right now. <laughs> and by the way, Bob's a, a client of mine and a and a good friend. So uh, and also anyone else who's who's hopping or listening, appreciate your your joining us today. All right, so this month's column actually uh, is called Lazy Sun," and it's funny because I wrote this column back in 2007, and I have a little bit to say about it after I finished the column read uh, at, at multiple levels. So uh, I kind of ran a, re, uh, a rerun, so to speak, in my monthly column. I have so many of them now that I'm actually able to do that. I actually have like 74 columns. It's kind of mind-boggling. I never thought I would actually get that many, that much done. Over the years. Okay, so anyway, this column is called Lazy Son. I decided to give my father a gift I knew he would appreciate this last Father's Day, a long phone conversation with one of his three sons, me. In the past, a plan like this was often hard to pull off. Typically, when I call my parents once every few weeks, my mother is the one to answer the phone. My father has limited mobility and is in his late 70s, so getting to the phone is difficult for him. The the bigger obstacle is getting past mom. Mother can be quite dominated when it comes to talking to her children. She is a strong-willed Aries who really likes her rare phone time with her kids. She must have been feeling generous on dad's special day, though, and decided to give dad his gift. My father to son Chad on Father's Day was noteworthy. Dad was in one of his typical moods. He was warm, chatty, and feeling proud of all of his seven children. We talked about all kinds of things, including his failing health. I gave him suggestions about alternative and holistic medicines, procedures and techniques that would be of benefit. I knew he would completely ignore my useful advice and continue to use the crappy traditional medical procedures he always follows religiously. It's a game that we play with me knowing full well that he's truly old school and won't really consider anything that his doctor slash God hasn't suggested. While I'm not a big fan of most traditional modern medicine procedures, I do have to give it some credit. My father has has had endless physical issues for many years, asbestosis of the lungs, being very overweight, bad hips, poor diet, terrible circulation, heart issues, sleeping disorders, blah, 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 blah. Despite all his seemingly endless pharmaceutical pills, surgeries, oxygen tanks, and the uh, the motorized wheelchair he sometimes uses, Dad is still alive and kicking, a surprising and beneficial miracle that my siblings and I never believed we would see as Dad approaches his 80s. A good part of our conversation was about my finances. This is a subject that can have my father happily talking for an hour. He worked hard all of his life at the same job to keep his family of seven children's basic needs met. He invested his money slowly from the beginning, while managing to scrape by during their early years at the same time. His 40-something years at the same company, plus stocks, a generous retirement plan, Social Security, and a hefty settlement from the company's neglect of his health, has left him and my mother very financially comfortable in their retirement years. He has a right to be proud of his monetary accomplishments and loves to share his point of view about all of it. He was complimenting me on how well I've been handling my finances and debt when he dropped a bomb. James, we all know that you've always been kind of lazy. My first response to being told I was lazy was understandably anger. I quickly got off the phone before I exploded. How dare he feel he had the right to to say something like that to me. The amount of work I've put into writing three books and keeping up a monthly internet column for four years is an achievement few could claim. My years of painstaking studies of oracles, developing a private practice which has helped hundreds if not thousands of people emotionally and spiritually, is not a typical accomplishment of someone who is lazy. Someone say I took a brave risk by not having the security of a traditional job while waiting tables and bartending for 18 years. I chose this route so I could have the time to develop my skills not be tied to a 50 hour week grind. What made him think he had the right to suggest that I'm not only lazy, but have not done things the correct way financially? My internal rage continued to boil as I paced my home mentally telling him off. I've simply pri- prioritized things differently than he did. Years of working out four or five days a week, eating healthy foods most of the time, to get a strong, healthy body isn't work. Can Dad claim that? He hasn't been in shape since his early 20s. My prioritizing building a financial future through creating books and CDs is far from something that most people would see as lazy. No wonder my father doesn't understand this. He hasn't read more than a handful of books in his whole lifetime. My internal rant began to wane by the end of the day. In fact, it was probably cathartic to purge it through this way. It was clear to me that I was very different from my father in many respects. Of course he doesn't understand my priorities. My life path has been completely different. The strangest thing of all was that when I got past my knee-jerk response, I began to see that he probably meant his you're lazy comment as a compliment. He often remarks about what great shape I'm in uh, and a few other rose-colored loving dad viewpoints when he sees me. He beams with pride when he's around me. It is probable that a big part of his comments sprang from his recognition that I have an abundance of natural talents. While I do work hard to perfect the things I do, most of the things I do well come fairly easily to me. I've been very lucky. I figured out my life path early. I've never had the burden of a family and children to support. I've never been stuck in a repetitive job I hated. I've had the space to be creative. I nap at least once a day. I only work about 20 to 30 hours a week, and that includes my writing time. I take Vegas and California trips six or seven times a year. I've lived a fairly casual and comfortable life. Hell, my dad is right. Maybe many people might see me as lazy and relaxed. The truth of the situation is I was triggered because a small part of me has always feared I have been lazy at times. I have from time to time feared that I should have done more already over the years. I've accumulated a bit of debt. I was angry at Dad's comment because a tiny part of me believed it was true. People only react with discomfort to other people's obnoxious comments if a part of them fears that there may be some truth to what has been said. I was no exception to this rule. If someone said they didn't like my purple hair, I, don't, I not only don't have purple hair but actually have a shaved head, I would laugh and think that they needed their eyes checked. I would not react with anger. Dad's comment turned out to be useful it reignited an already burning spark under this fire sign's ass. I finished my first book and recorded it on audio CD in less than two months after his comment. It made, even more, it made me even more resolute in finishing a few projects that were piling up. I was able to get internal resolution about how inaccurate my fear of inadequacy actually was. The road I've been on is the right road for me to be on. It isn't Dad's path, Dad's path but it is a perfectly appropriate road for me. Friends and family sometimes say things that piss us off. More often than not, they believe their comments and advice will help us. Even a brutally critical parent in their own distorted way believes they are helping their children when they try to tear them down. While I seriously question any benefits to this type of logic or approach, it is almost always still comes from an attempt to express love. Although at times this can be really, really hard to see beneath the layers of subjective proselytizing that cloud the intentions. My father is a great man, and I'm lucky to have a dad who so clearly cares about me. He gave me a gift his Father's Day. This lazy son retaliated, to dad's comment, by taking a trip to Las Vegas, where I won more money than I spent on my three days there. I had a massage, a trip to the oxygen bar, a few gourmet meals, lots of fun blackjack play, and a couple of nice cigars and a few cups of decaffeinated coffee. I returned home to a three-day work week, teaching and counseling others to become more self-actualized. I had a prosperous fun vacation followed by a return to a job I absolutely love. Oh, the difficult price I pay for being the lazy son. Okay, so I actually wrote this piece in September of 2007. And, uh, yeah, it it was funny to bring this, this piece back to surface again. Multiple levels. One, uh, and, and sadly, I must say, um, my dad passed um, within a year after I had written this piece, uh, and he he passed peacefully. In fact, many of my my column readers uh, have read the piece about my dad's passing. Um, so uh, he he really, in essence, actually died in his sleep. That's a interesting story in its own right, um, but we'll leave that for now. So, dad did pass. Uh, again within a year of me actually writing that and it's funny when i wrote this piece it was 2007 and really i, I was actually doing quite well as i think many people were I, you know i I've talked about this on the show I've, I've talked about this with clients and certainly in the column but you know most people can pretty notably see that we kind of took an economic hit you know uh, again most notably in 2008 so um I actually was living really, really well in 2007. 2008 was was torturous. Uh, I've mentioned that before. I ended up having to go back to waiting tables and bartending. You know, in my 40s, it wasn't it wasn't exactly my my dream come true. But it turned out to be a good thing too. But. Uh, so it's funny when I wrote this because I again I, I was making a comfortable living at the time uh, by by not working very much and fortunately that is is beginning to happen again. It's just taken a little bit of work to get there again. Um, one of the uh, one of the uh, the difficulties we've all kind of faced uh, in the last couple of years as we are slowly ever so slowly coming out of this recession slash depression. Anyway. So uh, I think one of the uh, one of the points that I, I think I, I really strongly wanted to make in this piece was, you know, we really do we we can react pretty heavily to things people say sometimes, and I always like to use the quote, uh, "Consider the uses of adversity," because, you know, in some cases those things can actually really end up being very very positive motivators, even though they may appear to be negative. Especially anyone else who's a fire sign in Aries or Sagittarius or Leo will certainly understand this Um, For a lot of us. We are more geared to having a little bit of a hair trigger In that sense, uh, it is kind of the nature of being a fire sign So on the positive side we can direct our energy very very strongly uh, When we want to but other times we can be lunatics uh, Or maniacs and and overreact and I certainly can account myself into that category at many many times in my life, although with age, thankfully, that becomes very, very rare. And uh, I'm drinking my coffee here. And uh, so I think that, uh, but one one thing that I've definitely kind of caught that I've become aware of is that, again, a negative really can be a positive, because like in this case in what I wrote in the story, because I was being perceived as being lazy, there was a part of me that was sort of like, oh, yeah, watch what I can do. And, you know, people do this all the time. You can see this on talk shows where, you know, like on Maury Povich or all these ridiculous talk shows where there's a bunch of people who were, you know, fat or unattractive or nerdy or whatever the situation was when they were younger. And they go on these shows, and now they've become hotties in really good shape. And, you know, they're professional dancers or all these other things. And, you know, the funny part of it is that, you know, the motivation really was – the people that taunted them or teased them, you know strangely enough, could actually really, if you think about it, be the motivators that have helped them because without the antagonism, they really won't necessarily have have pushed themselves to get to that place in fact, I was recently in Vegas, and um i had uh I had run, i was talking to a young man uh for a while. And he uh, was an interesting character, Aries, by the way. And it, it, he was kind of down and out in Vegas. I was chatting with him. I took him into the the Diamond Lounge at at at, um, at, at Valley's and I let him eat and drink for free. I wanted to be generous guy. Um, and he, he was a nice kid. And he's funny because he was telling me how he was having trouble finding work in Vegas, and he was uh, really struggling with uh with some financial issues and he was living with his brother there and his brother had thrown him out and he was pissed. He had a lot of anger around the fact that his brother had a fight with him and throw him out unfairly and all this other jazz and I and he was thinking of moving to San Diego and taking a big risk and finding work in San Diego and all these other things too and I said, Well, dude the first thing you gotta do is you gotta release your anger toward your brother and forgive him and he was like, What? I said, "Listen, forgiveness doesn't mean that you're it doesn't mean that you're, you're you're making what somebody did to you right. Forgiveness means that you're just refusing to still be pissed off about it. You're either just, you know, saying I'm willing to release a part of me that is irritated when I think of it, or you're using it as fuel to get you to go do something else. And you know, again, you don't make the what the person did right necessarily. You need not understand what I said. And I, I explained it another way, and I said, listen, say you move to San Diego in the next month, and you find an amazing girlfriend, the best girlfriend you've ever had in your life, and then you get a job where you make the best money you've ever made in your life, and you find a great place to live, and you find out that you love living in San Diego, wasn't your brother kind of a catalyst that sent you there? And it was really cute, because you could just see the light bulb. I mean, literally, I could actually see an actual light bulb going off above his head and you could just literally see he was like uh, he's like i hadn't even thought of it that way i said yeah remember people that that piss us off can really really push us in in a motivating way again consider the uses of adversity a negative can be a positive if we allow it to be um you know we we, of course we're going to react to someone saying something nasty or obnoxious to us in a knee-jerk way Initially, that, that's kind of a human nature issue. We do have to learn to realize we're going to do that. We're human beings, but you know, the, the, the trick of enlightenment is to rise above that and understand that when you when you focus yourself on anger, um, you're really you're choosing to be angry. Whereas, you know, after someone says or does something that's obnoxious, for them it's over. It's only still on for you if you keep rehashing it and thinking about it and being pissed off about it and i should maybe say something to them and how dare they blah 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 blah. so you know we have a limited amount of creative energy that we can use on a day-to-day basis we have an endless amount of creative energy but i think we have a limited amount of practical time so how much of your time do you want to spend being pissed and, uh, yeah, and that's really what I, one of one of the comments I was making when I had written this piece because, I mean, again, really, and also at a deeper level, part of me was pissed uh, at Dad's comment because I, I thought to myself, how dare he, and, you know, I got all kind of riled up. But I, I was, you know, I was concerned about amounting debt. I was living well, but I had a lot of debt. I didn't know how to necessarily get out of it, and I kept thinking I should be doing more, and I wasn't. And, you know, so he really ended up being the catalyst that lit the fire but again like i had said in the piece we typically don't really react much to something unless there's some type of of thing inside of us even in a small way that might fear or believe that it's true somehow so otherwise we don't care you know again i use the illustration piece if somebody said oh i don't i don't like your purple hair you know you wouldn't go find yourself going home and having trouble sleeping that night because you were concerned that they thought you had purple hair, (laughs) would you? No, you wouldn't care. In fact, on a a completely different side note, I was, uh, well, not a side note, on the same subject, actually uh You know I had written uh, on a I, I made i make the mistake every once in a while of of looking at those things on Yahoo. They have these articles and some of them are political and I had made the mistake of reading a couple and there was something about um there was something about a uh, uh one of the, some celebrity that had come out of the closet and all this jazz and uh you know I was reading some of the comments people were making and I always laugh when you read on um, <laughs> posted comments on the internet. Because people have just amazing balls when they're like hidden behind a computer screen <laughs> and they could say something. You ever notice how almost no one uses their actual picture too? So they're just there's sort of these a lot of these like angry, weird people that are writing these kind of mean, nasty comments, so you know, there was a couple of people that were quoting Bible passages about the evils of homosexuality and a few other dumb things that were, were written, and I finally kind of posted my two cents about it. And uh, I definitely caused a little stir for a, a few days because, again, I found myself going back and commenting back on what other people were saying. But basically, in a nutshell, I had said, um, you know, the uh, Shakespearean quote, me think, we me, me, uh, me think the lady doth protest too much. And, and, and it's a funny uh, quote from Shakespeare. I'm not sure exactly where from Shakespeare. I'm not I'm not smart enough to know that much information about it. But uh, I'm sure some of my listeners probably do know what that's taken from. But really, this is kind of a universal idea that when someone really kind of throws a fit and really, really has a lot of uh, comments or anger or issue about a subject, there's some part of them that is bothered by it or has a reflection of that within themselves. And I always think that the really homophobic, anti-gay people, they always strike me as the type of people who are, um, like, there must be some little part of them that's kind of somewhat of a closet case. You know what I mean? Like, heterosexual people don't really care. About what a, what a gay person does, like I mean, who, who cares? What, what how does it even affect you? You know what I mean. So I always just think that a lot of them, I won't say all of them, but a lot of them have a little bit of that kind of weird part. You know, and I think at some levels, you know, everyone's bisexual at some level, even if it's just a tiny smidgen of it that exists. So I think what you have with these people that are very homophobic is they are, you know, they want to make all the the, the people that that are are, are blatantly gay go away so they don't have to look at that and look at the fact that they might have had a crush on their gym teacher, you know, when they were 13 or, you know what I mean, or at some point they were attracted to a a same-sex friend. I mean, those are actually natural things that a lot of people go through. But the ones that go on and on about it (laughs) that are really kind of, um, you know, again, protesting too much in that sense. Because I know the things that – that i i don't you know i don't care about uh a, a lot of things that other people might get riled up about because they don't necessarily directly affect me you know um in fact one of my favorite authors who i've quoted many times dick Sussman, uh in his uh in his writings back in the 80s and 90s used to uh uh used to have a couple of a really really kind of good good smart quotes about that. Now it's now the quote of course is is bobbed out of my mind. Uh it'll come back to me. But uh again, we we don't react to to things that, that don't uh you know, that that don't really trigger us. Oh ah, and I now I remember what the quote is. One of his quotes he, he calls it the eleven human rights. And one of the human rights is you have the right not to care. And a, a very interesting list of eleven different what he calls human rights and I remember when I read that, I thought, <clears throat> what is he talking about? here? the right not to care. But he explained it. It's actually pretty cool. You know, there's so many things we should be concerned about, saving the whales and the dolphins and animals and children and the ecology of the planet and all of those things. And, and, and most of these things really are important, <clears throat> valuable causes. But if you try to care about everything, you really would scatter yourself all over the place really to a point of being kind of useless. I mean, you can't save and do everything. So some some of the concept behind the right not to care is to say, you know, I'm not going to necessarily pursue doing something about that. Um, but, you know, I would like to think, you know, we wouldn't add to a problem. You know, uh, you know I, I think, like, I'm not a big, huge fan of guns, i don't like them i don't want to touch them i don't want to be around them it's just not my thing but i i I don't also feel that that people who hunt or shoot or gun lovers should not be allowed jumping through correct channels of course to be able to have guns i mean it's not my thing but i wouldn't necessarily want to take it away from them either i think if you live in a cabin um you know in, in the boonies it might be a benefit to have a gun to protect yourself from wild animals. You know what I mean? There's a practicality to that. So, uh, But again, that's where that concept of you have the right not to care. So, I mean, one of the things that I always like to encourage, of course, uh, as a as an element of, of spiritual evolution or enlightenment is, is really to be able to develop the ability to know when to be detached, when to be capable of not taking things too personally. And I wanted to run the lazy sun piece again because I, again, I, you know, I, I hope I illustrated that well in my storytelling uh, as well as verbally. That uh, I won't lie to you. When my dad called me lazy, I was pissed, you know. And I, I, I had learned <clears throat> over time, and uh, I'm sure my friend Barb can attest to this as well too. She commented in the chat room. She says, "I have to agree about the fiery tempers of Sagittarius." LOL. Yes. I'm sure you know this as well, too, that there's been many a time when I've put my foot in my mouth and I've gone too far and said things that I wish I hadn't necessarily said. Um, Usually it occurs, like, after I say it, though. (laughs) But with age, I've gotten a little bit wiser. And even at that point when I wrote this, rather than kind of go off on my father after he said that, I kind of finished the conversation and I went through what I like to call my rant I was pacing my apartment. I was just mad. Um, I went through my rant on my own. I kind of mentally thought about what I wanted to say to him, but I didn't actually do that. So I'm glad. I, again, that that's one of the beauties of of aging. Well, is getting a little smarter. In fact, uh, for all for Sagittarius, one of the the keys that Sagittarius's need to learn is restraint. Actually, uh, anyway, so. Uh, that said, uh, let me shift gears to another subject uh, because we're entering into the new year. Um, I do want to uh, – I'm going to talk about a little bit about some of the uh, things that we see coming in the new year with um, the numerology as well as the fact that we're entering the year of the water dragon. I'll explain a little bit of that to you. But I did promise to put the phone number up. If anybody has a comment or question, uh, feel free to call in. Uh, that number is 2 – no, that's not the number – Six four six two hundred three nine six six you probably have to dial one before that Uh, one six four six two hundred three nine six six I've only got about 15 more minutes on air but I certainly will welcome any callers if they want to call in and uh, if not we'll just continue this conversation and uh, but feel free okay so uh, I was going to bring up that couple different things as we enter into 2012 well, much to the, I guess, the chagrin of the naysayers about the end of the world, um, the uh, we're still here. Although, I guess now the technical Mayan calendar date or something when the world is supposed to come to an end is, I think, December 21st of this year. So, uh, run up your credit cards, you know, <laughs> spend money, have sex randomly, be insane. I'm kidding. Uh, don't do those things the world ain't going to end on december 21st uh uh <laughs> whether, whether you want it to or not uh i think we're going to have a little bit of a turbulent year ahead not that we haven't had a couple of turbulent years behind us anyway but um but uh, no, no end of the world stuff guys you know let's let's uh let's maintain uh a, a need to not necessarily get silly Uh, Anyway, so uh, as we enter into, uh, we're entering into a five-year in the universal year. And a five-year in numerology means a year of change, adaption, shifting, flexibility, movement, adventure, travel. That's what the five energy is about. So five energy is about making changes and shifting. So, yeah, it's going to be a moving-centered year. It's going to be a year where there's a lot of a feeling of movement and a lot of change. You know, some of that can be turbulent. Uh, some of it uh, can certainly also be, be positive change, because change can kind of go both ways. So your your personal numerology, is in many ways, is probably more important anyway, but the university year does kind of have an influence. Um, and uh, uh, I'll go on a little bit more about that. I have a caller. I don't think I want to take the call while I still have some time. Okay. Uh, 617, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. You're on air. Hello?
1: Hello, Jim. It's Barbara. Hey,
0: how are you, Barb?
1: Good. Hey, um enjoying your talk today because um, I certainly understand about going too far sometimes when you say things as a Sagittarius. But Uh-oh. this has been a pretty good year this last year, and I know this year is a five-year, but I keep drawing when I do the runes. I keep drawing um, the blank, and I keep drawing right. uh, Dagaz. Is that the one that looks like two triangles that meet in the middle?
0: Right, the gods, yeah. right, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the gods.
1: Yeah, those two those two seem to be my most popular runes. So what does mm. that seem like? Well,
0: um okay, great great question and, and we'll consider this kind of probably a universal question for any of the rest of our listeners. So mm-hmm. uh we'll we'll answer from that angle. You know, typically the blank rune originally when the runes were made was actually a spare they always would keep a spare in case a rune was lost. hmm And over time it just became a rune in its own right. Um, and uh, so, with the blank room, you can look at it from two levels. It can represent the literal idea of a blank piece of paper, mm-hmm. meaning really the contemplation of what you're going to write what kind of what kind of what chapter are you going to write this year um mm-hmm. so it 's beautiful from that interpretation because again it 's sort of a blank canvas um you know it 's both uh pregnant and empty, meaning the mm-hmm. potential is within it, but it 's empty at the same time so uh definitely some some elements to contemplate about which direction you want to take, and a lot of it may be a little bit more conscious this year than uh, it has been in the past. It could again uh be more of that idea of of making a conscious decision about what you want to create for yourself uh-huh so the other part is you know typically the blank rune is often also called the karmic rune, meaning that um there may be influences or things that come up here that are part of your karma. Um, mm-hmm. your past, uh, you know, influences from other times and places that will come into play. But he actually makes a point in the rune interpretations Ralph Blum does about the fact that we can really recognize that wisdom erases karma, That mm-hmm. in actuality, you know, our life can shift when we become wise. Because a lot of times I think people misinterpret karma. You know, it's like, oh, I've been in a bad relationship for 18 years because I was a terrible person for 18 years in a past lifetime.
1: <laughs> right <laughs> No,
0: trust me, the karmic gods, so to speak, are not that literal uh, uh-huh. You can go through it for longer than 18 years You can go through it for shorter if, if you have enlightenment And you recognize what you're doing and, and shift your consciousness So that's right. certainly one of the, the, you know, the ideas behind the Blank Rune And if you want to get another insight into the Blank Check out interpretations of the Fool card in the Tarot also as okay. an I'll Give you some insight okay. that way. Okay. And then uh the breakthrough rune de gaz, um mm-hmm. you know, this usually again really positive because it often it often opens the door to kind of a positive period, even mm-hmm. though uh there can be work required when you mm-hmm. enter into a positive period. And I know you're retired but Yes, I'm but sure I am I would,
1: offers to work.
0: I I I would imagine it because it kind of feels like you are and I think even when you are you know, it's not like I, – I, I love the idea that people think, like, retirement means, like, sitting on a, on a raft drinking a margarita in a pool.
1: Uh, <laughs> I did that for <laughs> about one day. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was going to say, you do have to try a day on your board shit list. You know what I mean? Like, it's like okay, that was interesting. You know, it's the same thing when I go to Vegas. I, I have such a good time, but I, I won't lie. Like, after about three days of it, I want to come home and work.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: I'm really weird that way, and I don't know if it's weird. It's just that I – I like my work, so I, I get kind of... Luxury and, and vacationing is great, but, I mean, who wants to do it for life? So, well,
1: the, I was forced with retirement with my health, right. but now everything is turning around to such a positive thing, and now that right. once I started good, who wanted to lay around and be sick, you know, and Absolutely. bored? Yeah, and um, so I'm getting offers to work. That's why I'm coming awesome. back there for and, a while. You know,
0: and, and what I would suggest for you, because I know that, mm-hmm. that can sometimes be a little challenging because... You're mm-hmm. like, but I am retired. I don't want to get into a 40, 50-hour work right. week. Well, my right. answer is then don't. I mean, yeah. don't not work, but if if somebody wants you and you go in and say, hey, listen, I want to do the job, but listen, I, I, I can't work Sundays and blah, 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 blah. Right. This right. is when I can yeah, be here. Yeah, just
1: do it the way. I, here's my terms.
0: Here's my terms. That's, and that's the beauty of it because it gives mm-hmm. you the power to actually have terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think, one of the elements that you see with DeGaz as a breakthrough because I know okay. even when I went back to waiting tables uh, a couple years back, I mean, that was one of the things that I had said. I was like, listen, i got to be like the Friday-Saturday guy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't work during the week. And the owner was smart. He was like, yep, I'll, I'd rather have you part-time than not have you at all.
1: So mm-hmm. there's
0: my arrogance coming out. He was smart because I am good mm-hmm. when I work. But, of mm-hmm. course, and I'll I'll, be, I'll I'll ask you to be aware of this, too. I, every time someone called in sick, but there was a problem, it was dopey Jim Ventura to the mm-hmm. rescue, <laughs> right, right, of and I went from working two days a week to working four days a week and a double on Fridays, and because I also mm-hmm. liked the money, mhm, mm-hmm. but I had to remember you know about keeping those boundaries and saying, Hey, this is how far I can necessarily go, and I think if you do that. Uh, I think you're really gonna find a lot of fulfillment in the coming year. Usually that's what uh Degas is about. It's about oh, you know that hundred and eighty degree turn, that turnaround. Mhm. And the way you see life Well, the way I've drawn living. it like
1: three times in a row and I just draw one rune at a time and mm-hmm. just contemplate it for a few days and all that and so I'm between that one and the blank I seem to be going back and forth. So I feel like it's like I, I am a blank slate and I can write it the way I want.
0: Yeah. And and that's why I think you're getting you're getting multiple offers too, because Mm -hmm. I think you're supposed to check them out and Mm -hmm. and really you know sit in that abundance, like really be Mm -hmm. okay with it. Mm
1: -hmm. To say
0: I am you know uh, I'm okay with it. You know it's funny because we must be on the same page. What a shocker! Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, we've done that
1: before.
0: Yeah, I mean I have really there's a lot of opportunities coming up in 2012 for me as well too and i'm i'm really pretty stoked about it um it feels very different to me than than 2011 and mm-hmm. um i know also and i was going to mention this i'll mention this to you cuz i was going to say it on air anyway um you know this is the year of the dragon
1: mhm
0: and what a dragon year is it's a water dragon actually so it's a more sensitive dragon um <laughs> and uh but it's still a dragon you know, and, and dragon people, of course, if you're born in the year of the dragon. You know, dragons are very charismatic. They're very charming. They're hard not to notice. They tend mm-hmm. to enter a room, and you know, a dragon walked into the room, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They also can be. Um, they can be dangerous when crossed, in that sense. But they tend to be very charismatic and very, very powerful. So, you know, whether you're a dragon or not, as we as we go into the year of the dragon, of course, it gives you an opportunity to pull in dragon energy and decide mm-hmm. how and where you want to shine. I got it. So Sounds that's kind good. of the key. Yeah, and, and that starts at the end of uh, the Dragon Year launches uh, at the end of January. So I think the 27th is usually when um, the Chinese calendar begins. So we're just a mm-hmm. couple of weeks away from really locking into Dragon Energy. And um, you know what You know what I'm going to do this year? You'll, you'll get a kick out of this. I decided that I'm going to do TV.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: You know, it's funny because I watch all these morning shows all the time, like that uh-huh. they have here in Arizona. I'm sure they have them all over, the, all over the, the the country. But they always have personal trainers and chefs and all kinds of people that they do these interviews with. And, you uh-huh. know, that's awesome. But, you know, every time, I've, the whole year I've been watching these shows, thinking to myself, God, guys, be a little more creative. How many yeah. times do they have a freaking personal trainer or a chef on? You do mm-hmm. something different. Do something interesting. I would be great on a show like that. Oh yeah. So the whole light bulb finally went off after me bitching and moaning about it, myself and my friends. <laughs> that was super they are like, dude, just contact them and get on the shows. Yeah. You know, so I decided I think that's I'm an awesome
1: going, idea. Yeah. You
0: know, I can do um I can do numerology. Basic numerology. Mm-hmm. Teach people this is your date of birth, this is your mm-hmm. birth path, that's what it means. Really easy to do on air. But you know what's mm-hmm. so funny as to why I never um wanted to do that? What? You know, it's 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 really, it's kind of twofold, because it's partly that, that arrogance, which can have its mm-hmm. core in being shy, mm-hmm. so that part of me that sometimes gets a little too, you know, uh, worried, even though I've mostly overcome that, but the other mm-hmm. part of it is, I always thought of it as selling out.
1: Oh, yeah, to be in yeah. the mainstream.
0: Totally, that i will be selling out, I would have to do something cheesy, I mean, I don't, don't dare mention tarot cards, because then... The religious right would probably come and throw holy water on me in the building. (laughs) So, like, a part of it was just my own sense of I don't want to cause too much of a controversy and a stir. You know what I mean? But now I sort of think about it. That's why I'm thinking numerology is a good road to take because it's less scary Uh to people. Yeah, it's uh,
1: math. I mean, people say, oh, yeah, I've heard of this before.
0: Absolutely, it's it's a little less horrifying and, and terrifying to them. So yeah, so that's my dragon year too. A lot a lot of opportunity. I'm like, you know what? Uh, it's time to get yourself out there. You dope. You know,
1: <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> you could just hide for so long and bitch, and it's like, are oh, you want more business?
1: Yeah, you know, I you know. Pay for
0: advertising. You could just go be cheesy on a radio show and a television show. You know, and and and. And stun people and mesmerize them, and there you go.
1: And have some fun with it, yeah. And,
0: I, and then, and that's the fun because you've you've met me and you know me. I'm such a ham anyway.
1: I know like, you'll I, love it.
0: I, I mean, kidding me? I go do karaoke and, and I, you know, I get up and I'll do four or five songs without blinking an eye. And, <laughs> you're like, God, it's so funny! Like you're good at it and you totally like that. I'm like, I love getting on stage.
1: I know. That's you'll be perfect.
0: So. Anyway, uh, well, awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear you. I think it's going to be a good year for Sagittarius. I want to say a lot of other people, I'm sure, are going to have a good year as well, too. But Mm -hmm. um, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear about these opportunities for you. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I'll actually email you and make an appointment for when I'm in town.
0: Yeah, that's right. You'll be coming again. Hopefully the weather will be in the same boat. You can't I mean it's like seventy six degrees right now. It is wow, just that's the
1: perfect. Gorgeous.
0: See that's perfect. I, know, like I don't want so I don't
1: wanna come there once it's over eighty five.
0: <laughs> nah, I think you'll I think you'll be safe. So awesome. <laughs> okay. good. See you in a few talking weeks. Okay uh, bye. Happy New Year. All right. Very nice call there. Always good talking to uh Barb. Uh and anyway, it looks like we're actually winding down till the end of the show. So uh, I want to uh, say hello to everyone who jumped into the chat room. Hello, Angel Love. Wonderful uh, name handle, by the way. Awesome. Uh, A couple of other guests that have come in and out. I'm sure we have uh, quite a few people listening live that were kind of just listening, which is awesome. I always appreciate that. Anyway, like we're coming to the finishing up of today's show. I'll be here again next week. In fact, I have a very interesting interview show for a full hour with a Ron Barron, who is the man who has recreated quite a few of the free hugs videos that you find on YouTube. Um, I've got some really cool guests lined up, guys. I'm gonna I'm bringing back the, the guest show once a month, uh, so I'll tell you more about some of the future guests. If you're not already getting my newsletter, email me at VenturaSaj at com, or at VenturaWords at com. I will add you to the mailing list. It is free. You can read my columns and technically my books for free that way. And um, don't worry, the, the columns are blind copied. No one ever gets you. Know, get any sales crap from me. I'm certainly am not going to sell your name or pass it on to anybody. So no worries there. Always come from a place of integrity. Uh, check out either of my books through Amazon or contact me if you want a copy. Both of them are quite good, if I must say so myself. And if you're interested in private appointments, feel free to, uh, uh, to go to my website and check out some info on that and, and contact me to set up an appointment. Uh, sometimes it's a few days before I can get people in, but phone sessions can be done both by phone or in person. So if you're here in Phoenix, absolutely come see me. And if not, definitely don't hesitate to a call about getting a phone session because they're equally valuable. So again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Happy uh, New Year to all of my listeners. Um, let's make 2012 a good one. Uh, we're also going to be pushing into the Year of the Dragon. So I I challenge everyone to shine this year and really, really to tap into all the unique characteristics that make you awesome and the amazing human being that you are and know that you are. You know, I think sometimes we worry about that, that we're not, you know, enough or good enough, but we all have talents, abilities and skills and uh, we're we're meant to use them. So uh, I, I challenge everybody to do that. So thank you for tuning into Snake Oil Radio. This is Jim Ventura, and we'll catch you all next time. Cheers.